Welcome to the TNT EdTech Podcast. We know tech. We are your hosts. I'm Scott the teacher. And I'm Matthew the tech coach. Welcome to the TNT EdTech Podcast. I'm your host with... Matthew Ketchum. And we're privileged to bring on Glenn Irvin. Glenn is an instructional coach, adjunct professor for the University of Minnesota. He's the On Education podcast co-host to Mike Washburn, and he's a Minecraft EDU mentor. Glenn, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me on the show, guys. It's fantastic. I'm glad we could actually do it. Yeah, this right. is fantastic. Yes. We've been wanting to get you on for a while, and uh, glad you got to connect with Matthew at School Genex this year at the conference this summer. That was great. Good times. Yeah, that's a such an amazing conference. I always tell people that if they ever get a chance, an opportunity to go to any conference, and you know that there's so many of them, that School Genex is so unique uh, as far as kind of this camaraderie that happens, and then just the event itself. They they pulled no stuff. I mean, the food is amazing, the events are amazing, um, and then it just creates this atmosphere where everybody's kind of really super hyped up, um, and they're kind of ready to get back to their classrooms and do amazing things. Yeah, they're always finding what the five star resorts mm-hmm. uh, for us to go to. But yeah, I think for any educational conference, they put on one of the best. Yes, yes, I'm always super impressed by them. Each year, I I, I can't believe you know they basically outdo themselves. And then uh, this summer, it's going to be in Texas, I think. So back right. home. Austin. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm yeah. not really How from Austin. How far is that but, from home? Because uh, Texas I'm, is huge. Yes, yes. I'm actually in El Paso. And most people, when they think of El Paso, uh, if you're from Texas, they, they're like, yeah, that's basically New Mexico. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so far west. Um, it's basically, it's closer. I would say we're closer to like Tucson, Arizona. El Paso is than it is to maybe, you know, Dallas and in Austin and Houston, you know, uh, down the way. So uh, it's so gigantic. But yeah, no, Austin is an amazing, beautiful city. Uh, that's a great choice for them to 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 host a uh, such a great conference. I like when you go to that type of conference because everyone you talk to, everyone you meet, we're all using the same tool. Mm-hmm. And, and no matter what you say or share, it's something you can use right away. Yes, that it does make a huge difference. I mean, that's like you're on topic all the time. You're, you know, since it's that same realm, you can re- and you can really take home a lot of things. And like, like you, Matt, you can be able to share with other teachers and be able to go and pass along all of those tips and things that you just saw. You're like, oh, that's a fantastic way to do this and that or whatever it might be. So a lot of the things are relevant to what you would be doing in your classroom or as instructional coaches or uh, technology integration is really helpful to be able to pass on to other teachers. You did a great musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two is, years in a row. Yeah, that is something unique uh, as far as I can't believe, number one, that they let us do that two years ago the first time. Because <laughs> I swear, you know how you... Uh, anybody that's out there when you go to these conferences you're going to present you you fill out an application you know and and maybe the listeners have already know that but there's this application we filled it out and I'm I the application was so vague you know for our our musical that I wouldn't have accepted the application I would have been like I don't even know what so what does this actually mean that you're going to do it uh, turned out that it was amazing and it, I 100% give credit to Jared Lopatin cuz He's so gifted musically, and he directs plays and and uh, musicals at his school. But himself, he is gifted as far as uh, musically, and, and he wrote basically all the parody lyrics to all of these uh, songs, uh, both for both years. And then I just kind of go along and try to, you know, pick up the song. <laughs> I'm just hoping that I don't screw everything up, you know, because he has got dance moves, he's got the song lyrics. Yeah, no, it's it's a whole thing show. So yeah, year two of that was f- super fun, and um, I'm not sure we're gonna do it again though. We're like, I-, I think you know when you're like, you shouldn't do that third one. <laughs> right, right. The sequel, like the Godfather second one, three. Yeah, the <laughs> second one was like pushing it, you know, and then number three would be like, okay, that 
we'll let you do it, but it's not going to be that good. <laughs> you know, kind of that thing. <laughs> so we're hoping to be like, well, maybe we should just, yeah, like say, hey, leave it in the past and everybody could talk about how good it was <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, have it be nostalgic. Wait like five years yeah, and then yeah. bring it back. And yeah, it'll exactly. be like a whole new thing. It's like Star Wars, <laughs> you know, like go away for like 10 years. You come back and they're like, this is amazing. I can't believe right? you came up with this. Yeah. They really appreciate it then. <laughs> there you That's go. Awesome. I want front row seats though. Uh, I had to Absolutely. take the second row seats uh, this, this last time, that front row. Wow. We were waiting. <laughs> I felt bad for whoever had the session before because there were about 20 oh, yeah. of us or so that were waiting to get seats yes. uh, for your session before the other <laughs> one ended. <laughs> we're like interrupting the previous session because we're yeah. all lining up at the doors to make sure because i think it was a limited amount of space or we thought there was right. gonna be a limited amount of space uh but super fun yes uh and super happy to be involved in all of that and that goodness schoology does such a great job yeah and if anyone wants to check that out mm -hmm. uh rick bray on twitter he he posted uh some 360 videos of that so if you go back in time and mm -hmm. uh find the school g conference dates and you do an advanced search on twitter um find rick bray and you can check out glenn and jared's handiwork it's amazing <laughs> uh super fun and thank you so much i i, I it really is like a audience participation thing too so that's you get the energy from the audience audience is jamming out it makes it super fun yeah you know that's the what i really liked about that is i was learning but i didn't feel like i was learning i felt like i was playing and having fun yes and you do a great job of that i know you're out of the classroom now but you killed with your gamification stuff. You got me into gamification. Uh, how about you talk about that a little bit? How did yeah. you get into gamification? So like the first time I was doing some things in my class and I didn't know that it actually was gamification, uh, you know, quote unquote. Uh, and one of my, I, I used to coach basketball and one of my assistant basketball coaches uh, had heard that I was doing some lesson or whatever it might be. And he's like, oh, you should really take this course uh, at Boise State University through this guy. His name is Dr. Haskell. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. I'm like, you know, I already had my master's or whatever. And I was like, but he's like, no, no, seriously, I think you'll really love this class. And it, I think it's right up your alley with this whole thing that you're doing in your classes. And anyway, Dr. Haskell out at Boise State University is still there. And he taught this class and I actually attribute it completely to everything that basically happened from that point forward. It's kind of like my career changed. It's like I started a new career because he inspired basically all of us in his classes. Uh, we had this class, it was called Teaching and Learning in Virtual Worlds. And our class actually was hosted inside of different virtual worlds, including Minecraft. Uh, there's this uh, kind of virtual site called Second Life I don't know. It used to be super popular. Right. People used to be basically go in there and, and it's kind of a virtual space where you can meet people, et cetera, whatever it might be. But what Dr. Haskell was promoting or saying is like, we could actually use these spaces to learn. And so he was having us be students in all of these different types of content area lessons. And part of our class was we needed to create a lesson inside of one of these virtual spaces. So that was the first time that I got introduced. You know, I saw my sons playing Minecraft and I didn't really understand it and I really had no interest in it, but I could see that they were passionate about it. And then I played it as a student in his class and kind of, we did some different activities. I'm like, dude, there's something here and I can definitely do something for my students and create something with this. So it just got me fired up. I created a lesson. He got back to me right away and he's like, you should continue to do this. He's like, but don't just do it. Create your lessons and sh start sharing them with everybody. Uh, and I'm like, all right, I'll start doing that. So he was basically my first person to encourage me to start uh, doing some of the game-based learning stuff. And then there's this guy in New Jersey. His name is Chris Avilas. Highly recommend everybody to connect with him on Twitter. He's called the Teched Up Teacher, uh, Chris Avilas. And Chris, he, he still 
uses some gamification now. He uh, is an esports uh, leader now as far as uh, in, in that role. Uh, but anyway, he was doing all of these gamification things in his classes, and I, and I started just following him on Twitter and stalking him <laughs> like some of us do. And I went to his blog, and I started looking up all of his stuff, and I'm like, I got to start doing some of these things. So I got a hold of him. He did a Google Hangout, uh, started talking uh, to, to me and sharing some different things. And honestly, it was all of these different other people that fired me up and inspired me to go, okay, I can actually do these things. Let me start just trying them. And then, Scott, you were in, in one of my sessions for a pre-conference at Schoology Next uh, a couple of years ago. Right. And uh, all of those different techniques are really things that I learned from other people, you know, whether it was, again, Chris Avilas or Dr. Haskell or like people like Michael Matera. Um, and I, I'm just like picking and choosing the things that are like that I think are the most dynamic things that you can use in your classroom that could give you the best return without a lot of time investment. And that's what I actually told you guys as far as the class. I said, okay, we're going to go through four hours of this. <laughs> Pick it a couple of things that you can go ahead and use and then start applying them in your class and just experiment and see what actually works for you and your personality and then your students' personalities and, and your class culture. Um, and, and so that's what we ended up doing and, and ended up working out super well for, for me and kind of got me on the road to, I guess, the podcast that I do now. I don't even know how at all. I mean, there's a kind of a weird <laughs> road that kind of goes down the line, but I met Mike at a Schoology Next conference um, about three years ago, I guess now, because Scott, we met like two years ago. Two years ago yeah. for us. Yeah, so it was three years ago, I want to say, that I met Mike for the first time. And it was, I actually was, again, I was doing a gamification, but just one session. Uh, and it was a packed room at Schoology Next. And he came up to me and introduced himself and I guess we were following each other, but you know how those things go where right. you, like, you don't even know who I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. I don't even know who you are. Um, and at lunch or some other time, he told me something about a podcast. And, I, and like I tell people, I'm like, I didn't even listen to podcasts then. You know, I didn't, I didn't even know that other people were doing that. I really had, I had zero interest in doing that. But I told him, oh, yeah, that might work or something. You know, I, I was just being nice. I didn't know. But he persisted. And, and then basically through DMs uh, kind of gave me his idea about how it would work and kind of uh, basically the outline of kind of how we do the podcast. Now he had that already kind of in his mind. Um, and then it got serious when we were like, okay, to get this going, we need to get a sponsor to get some money to be able to do this kind of thing. Right. And uh, and we and and I had been a Schoology ambassador, and I had been the Schoology educator of the year. Uh, so I knew some people at Schoology, and Mike was also a Schoology ambassador at that time. And we're like, well, we could talk to Schoology and ask him for some money. <laughs> I thought it was, I honestly thought it was the stupidest idea ever as far as asking somebody. And, it, <laughs> and then I thought it was even dumber to ask for so much money. Like, cause Mike had basically kind of a itemized list. I want to call it like a budget, basically. Mm -hmm. This is what we need. And this is why we need the specific things. Cause we needed laptops and microphones and blah, 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 and travel money, whatever. Um, and when they came back and said yes, I was like, what the? <laughs> I I was flabbergasted. Then I was in panic mode because I was like, we haven't even we hadn't even put out an episode yet. We hadn't even recorded. Oh wow. No, we I had no even, idea. We hadn't even recorded the the fake episode, you know, the episode zero. <laughs> the, pilot episode. the pilot. We didn't wow. even have a pilot. We couldn't we didn't have anything to show them. All we had was there was this guy. I mean, I was, you know who I was or whatever. And I, I knew some people, but not really that well. I just kind of knew them, you know, from, from our times there at, at, at conferences and because of the Schoology community, I want to say. Um, so yeah, it ended up that they accepted it. We then, I was in panic mode. And I was like, we have to actually start doing this <laughs> and it better <laughs> be freaking good. Uh, so we recorded our first episode and we showed it to a bunch of our friends or let them listen to it. And it was pretty bad, um, <laughs> but we learned a lot from that one episode. We were like, okay, 
several different things we got to fix here, you know, as far as the thing goes. Um, and then those first few episodes, I, I've listened to some of them, and they're rough, but it's interesting because we honestly didn't really even know each other. You know, Mike and I didn't really have, like, a relationship. I would say you guys right now, you know, we've known each other, you know, this past summer. And, and Scott, I know you a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say we have a way stronger relationship than where Mike and I started at, you know, because we were like, wow, you know, so you're like, and you don't work in the same place. You're not even, you know, you have. You guys aren't even in the same country. No, we're not even the same country. Yeah, yeah, because he's in Canada. So, so then that actually ended up being kind of the, the catalyst for a lot of good things because uh, Mm -hmm. not only were we uh, in different locations. We ended up finding out that we were way different people. So if you ever like meet Mike or I in actual real life and you know us, like like you guys probably you guys know us, you understand too that Mike is so much different than I, I am. And just like we just have but that actually works really well for, you know, a, a show, you know, kind of doing that at a back and forth kind of thing. And though we agree on a lot of things, we also uh, have different takes and different personalities and and sometimes disagreements on whatever the topics actually may be uh, so it, it works you know and so now down the road and now that i would never have imagined we're at this point now where you know we just finished uh coming from this conference called the impact education conference in minnesota which is like kind of my my home conference if i want to call it that um kind of like you guys with q you know, right. with, with, with Q and NorCal. Yeah, Spring Q, yes. Um, and this one probably had about 2,000 uh, attendees uh, and some big-time speakers, you know, like some, some really well-known speakers. And then we were able to, I mean, we had the privilege of being able to, like, be the podcast uh, that was the official podcast of this conference, which, again, that never even existed. You know, I had been to this conference, you know, uh, now this is probably my sixth or seventh year, and that concept never existed. We just pitched them on this com- concept of we could be the podcast. We'll do interviews. We'll do some live interviews, which we did do on a stage on a big stage. Um, and I, like I said, I I can't believe that we're actually here and I'm talking to you right now about <laughs> kind of the crazy journey that that's right. happening. Yeah. And you guys had on some big guests on that stage, right? Carl yes. Hooker. Uh, you had Flipgrid and Jordan Shapiro on there and so many more. Yep. On on the big stage, uh, we had the Jordan Shapiro guy. Um, and he's amazing and just kind of intimidating, to, to be honest, as far as to talk to. Because I, I've seen this guy like on... Fox News, you know, like mm-hmm. he's actually been being interviewed and drilled uh, about his the concepts that he's presenting as far as in his book by these Fox News, like big whatever type things. I was like, oh, man, we better not screw this up, <laughs> you know, uh, but he was super awesome and super nice. Uh, Michael Cohen, the tech rabbi, was there and he's he's from you guys' uh, area and uh, he was amazing and he was up again on the big stage and, and it, it was cool because it was kind of like it felt like a talk show. So it's perfect. So it's just like this, you know, where you're kind of sitting around, you're talking, you're asking questions of, of the uh, interviewee. And then the audience that had a chance to ask questions too. Um, so kind of audience participation was there too. And, and it went really, really well. And uh, again, they had never done anything like that. So I was super happy that we didn't screw it up. <laughs> Yeah, the responses on Twitter were really positive. I was really impressed. And I thought, hey, that's a cool thing. Like, we haven't done that or even talked about that. But we might have to steal that. We very much um, modeled our podcast after yours and a few other ones. Um, and I thank you and, and Mike for answering all of the questions we've we've asked you over the last year. We're getting close to our, like, anniversary episode um in february so that'll be yeah almost a year be pretty cool almost a year (laughs) a year when this comes out yeah yeah by the time this comes out so we're recording right now uh over break trying to just you know hustle and and grind things out while we have some some time um and you know we learned that from you guys too like seeing what you guys did right before isti and then 
seeing what you did at Impact recently, it's like, yes. okay, that's something we want to try at a couple upcoming conferences. So when we're at Q uh, this spring in March, we're going to be trying that for the first time and seeing how that goes, doing some of these um, like live recordings, not necessarily yes. like broadcasting it live, but uh, recording live and then distributing it later. And that works so well. Um, and you catch the energy of the conference itself. And even the, uh, we've spoken to some of our guests at a conference and then also kind of in this situation where you're online and you, and you do a formal interview, there's this kind of energy that happens too when they come off the stage or they're about to go onto the big stage, you know? And you guys know this, when you're going to go present, you're like, whew, you know, and they yeah. bring that energy to those interviews. And then those interviews, it turn out to be different. I mean, they they definitely have this, this different take. Uh, you get to listen to some things. They say some things sometimes that are different than kind of just the straight up lines, you know, uh, that, mm -hmm. that you normally would hear uh, them. So really highly recommend for you guys. You guys would do an amazing job at that and then pull some of your your uh, uh, big speakers, interview them, and really, I mean, for them to give up five or ten minutes of their time, they'll do it, and then, and then you again have great content, and then be able to share those because a lot of us can't go, to, for example, to Q. You know, right? Uh, we it's hear about far it for you and Mike. Yeah, we hear about these amazing events, and we're like, uh, I wish we could go. You know, and all of these amazing guests, and and the, and the attendees, and all of these people that we we know, but. We can't actually go, but this is a way for us to be able to still participate in it by listening to the to your podcast. So, yeah, I think no, Scott no. had a good idea too. Maybe still checking it out of even recording within some of the sessions of yes. the presenters and Q, uh, kind of talking a little bit more with them on that. But that was a really great idea, I thought as well. That that's fantastic. I've heard of actual presenters doing that for themselves like they'll record themselves and then kind of mm -hmm. post it as a pseudo podcast you know kind of thing you recording it though and then giving kind of a you could even give like a setup you know like that would be awesome like a setup kind of to the the thing and then and then let them do their spiel and then you could even give some reflection as far as like here's the things that i really took away from this and the power of their presentation and blah 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 again you're giving that kind of feel for the audience that couldn't actually attend these things. Because sometimes it's super expensive or the travel or whatever it might be. We all know that. It's crazy to go to some of these conferences. Uh, but then we can participate, you know, put on some headphones, boom, we actually are there. We can pick up the same, uh, get some of the same experiences that you would by being actually there. Since you uh, started your podcast, have you started listening to other podcasts since then? Yeah. Oh God. I listen. <laughs> I, I actually put out on Twitter about uh, I wanted to listen to some non-education podcasts um, because I know that Mike doesn't listen to too many education. I'm going to quote again at podcasts, but that's all I listen to now because I actually want to just hear different styles and different techniques of like what people do and kind of what are they talking about too, you know? And sometimes it's because I'm also, you know, now that I'm an instructional coach, I need to get as much information as possible to be able to pass on to the teachers that I work with. And sometimes that doesn't come in uh, the form of a blog or a print or an article or whatever it might be. It comes in the form like this form right here. Uh, some great interviews that you guys have had as far as in the past, you know, Catlin Tucker or whoever else might be, you get the list and you're like, oh yes, that's exactly the piece of thing that I needed to be able to pass on about whatever blended learning or what, right. whatever it is, the concepts that you're doing. And those things tend to stick with you. And I, I really love that. So I do listen to a crap load of podcasts <laughs> that are, that are the education oriented ones, but I just put out a thing as far as I wanted to listen to just some uh, non-education related ones, but again, for the purpose of kind of seeing styles and seeing how are people doing stylistically different podcasts. So I listen to Joe Rogan, for example. Yeah. And, oh, and that's, he's a great one, right? He's amazing. And, and the reason why Joe, I think is, I mean, he's ridiculous anyway. I mean, he's on right. a different level, but one of the interesting things about him is that he's super crude. I mean, there yes. is 
hardly and I mean, of course, he has super expensive microphones in a studio that they record in. But besides that, there's hardly any editing. Actually, I don't even think there's any edit. I don't editing. think he edits. <laughs> he they do the he I think he does the commercials even in one take. You know what I mean? Like that beginning I, section of the thing where he does all of his promos and all of his sponsors. And it's okay. We don't care about because it, it feels like we're hanging out with Joe for two and a half hours. And right. that's, the other, that's the other part. I've heard so, so many other people. Yeah. Other people go, you just want to make this 20 minutes and then get the heck out of there. Because people aren't going to listen for more than 10, 20 minutes. He mm-hmm. does two and a half hour episodes and people <laughs> listen to the whole dang thing. And I do that all the time. I even come back to it several times, you know, as far as to finish up the episode. And it's because it's compelling content. I mean, he's basically broken a bunch of the different rules and and people have bought into that. Um, but I've listened to now here recently as far as some other podcasts that are more like very well produced. And then that's kind of gave me that idea of what you're just talking about, Scott and, and Matthew, as far as where you would record someone speaking at a conference. And then you would go ahead and edit the audio back um, and and they kind of produce it more. So you would give mm-hmm. some commentary that you would record afterwards, some of the live stuff, and then come back to some commentary and some reflection and kind of riff on that and go back. And I've listened to several different ones that do that really, really well just for entertainment purposes. And that's really what this is. I mean, we're educating, but we're, it needs to be in, a, in an entertaining fashion. In like a live audience maybe to take questions from? Yes. I think that would be interesting too. Yes. That works super well, especially if you can get all the like the technical stuff taken care of. And at this conference, they had everything kind of they re- they recorded everything for us. Um I ended up having to go back and kind of level out the the audio because it was all on one track. But mm-hmm. they recorded so even the mic that they handed to the people out in the audience was well mic'd so that they it recorded all of that to the to the to the main recording and, and then I could actually go to use that because sometimes when you go out to the audience you can you can't hear them you know and then it's kind of weird you know so they were speaking and it actually it worked really really well so once you can get that technical kind of stuff out of the way it's cool it's it, it's di- and it's different than a lot of things that are, other people are doing I mentioned something a little while back about mm-hmm. Uh, professional guests being on both of our shows, would you agree that you get some of the best professional development and learning by listening to those guests that you have on your own show? Oh, God, yeah. Actually, you know, (laughs) I had a conversation with my principal one time, and um, it was just basically about like the podcast and my job, you know, kind of like what's the intersection between these two things, you know, kind of that thing. And honestly, I told him, you know, we are bringing on these guests and I actually, it's like I'm at a, a, the best kind of lecture you could ever be at with a professional of the highest ability, but you get to ask them the questions that you actually want answers to so that you can go do your job better. <laughs> or yeah. that or that you can go inspire somebody. You know, you can go, you know what? You're exactly right. Like we spoke to for example, uh, Jimmy Casas. And he said some things during the interview where I I actually just took off the headset and I walked away from it and I was going to go to bed but I couldn't cuz I kept thinking about some of the things that he said and I wrote down some notes and it was those the things that I actually wrote down were some of the things that I needed to, there were some teachers in the school that had been struggling with different things. And it was just kind of these inspirational messages. They never even came from me. They came from Jimmy Cousins. You know, they were like, it was just an awesome opportunity to be able to go ahead and be like, oh, you know what? I just listened to this guy speak. Let me pass on this to you and and then lift you up. Um, and again, it's it's amazing the people that we get an opportunity to go ahead and speak to. You're exactly right, Scott. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And that last part you said about sharing with people at the local level, we totally did that with Catlin Tucker. We have Mm. a bunch of just fans of Catlin's locally and they all tuned in. It was great. And they were talking about it in the district. It was so cool. A lot of people from our district don't necessarily listen or listen often 
but many tuned in for that episode because it was very much directed at what they wanted to know about. And before we had her on, we went around the district and asked different teachers and people like, hey, what would you ask Kathleen if you could? And we'll try and do that. And so that was a really neat episode to do that. And then people got answers to their questions. That was cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that episode was the most excited episode for us fellow coaches once they mm-hmm. heard that we had Kathleen tucker they were showing me all their books they had of her and yes her, her station rotation guides and everything were coming out of drawers and they're like when is she on when can we listen oh yeah yeah Kathleen tucker we were just having this conversation uh two days ago at school we're talking about the the people who make the most impact in our classrooms directly that are the, let's call them the edgy celebrities. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about people that inspire you because there's a lot of those people that are inspirational. But how about the people that just give you the nitty gritty stuff that you can do now and show you how to do it and they can inspire you too. Catlin Tucker was on that list. Jennifer Gonzalez of the Cult of Pedagogy oh, yeah, sure. is, is another one. And then uh, John Spencer. And his ideas as far as on project-based learning and all kinds of other things as far as the content that he produces is ridiculous. And again, it's all stuff that's relevant to us that we can go apply in our classrooms tomorrow. Like we can start going like, okay, let me rethink grading, for example. Maybe rethink like you guys were just talking about. How do I uh, – the way that I have my seating charts set up. Uh what if a kid is too talkative? There's an article in Cult of Pedagogy about that as far as kids that talk too much. What's up with that? Is that, you know, and kind of seeing a different perspective on that. Those three specifically, we were, we were having a long conversation about like, they really do make a difference to so many millions of us that uh, every single time they put a blog post out or a, or a YouTube video or, you know, if they record a, a podcast, it makes a difference to all of us as far as all of us teach because we are working with the kids or us as instructional coaches, we're working with our teachers to work with the kids, you know, whatever it might be. So uh, very impactful. Yeah, no, you're so right. And I, I think to add a couple names to that, I would say Matt Miller and Casey Bell and then Alice Killer. Those are like three more yes. I would add to that. Just, wow, what they're coming out with like constantly, these are things you can use the very next day. And I've done that. Yes. And be inspired at the same time. And then getting to know them through the podcast on a more personal level has just been fantastic. And you really helped pave the way uh, with kind of mentoring me on the side in terms of building up that that PLN at that first School G Next we met at and uh, gave me a little bit of a roadmap to navigate. And I think I really maximized that and it's been a game changer for sure. I, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. That's actually one of the things that I like to speak to anybody that would be willing to listen. So I have a bunch of new teachers that we do a kind of a new teacher mentorship program, let's call it. Um, and as instructional coaches, we have our group and we basically lead them through the entire year. One of the things that I hyper-focus on is that they need to connect to other educators that are outside of that school. Though we have 100 Mm -hmm. high school teachers there, that's great, and you should connect with them. But there's so many people out there in the world and so many different ideas that once you start building up that PLN through social media, uh, specifically on Twitter, I prefer, though people have been using like Instagram or Facebook or whatever it might be to be able to connect in those ways too, but when you build that up and you actually start making those connections and you can actually reach out and do a DM to a one of these who I would call the edu top celebrity <laughs> and be like, right. I, need, I need your help for this thing. There's a teacher that needs this. Anything that you, you know, any ideas, blah, blah, blah. And they start sending you the stuff or, or you just send it to them just, just on Twitter and tag them or whatever it might be. When they respond to that, that is so huge. It really just makes our circles like you guys. We just finished talking, having a conversation about how small the world is. I think it's getting even smaller and more and more connected because of these social media networks. 
there's there are some negatives and we've taught you know mm-hmm. we've had those kind of conversations before and we've had those on on our show too as far as the negatives of social media itself and sometimes twitter itself can be really toxic uh, but there's so much <laughs> things that you can get from it that i'm willing to put those aside and just kind of go well that is that's going to come with any kind of human interactions there's going to be right. some toxicity that's going to happen at some point or another there's so much benefit that you can pull from it that building up your professional learning network creating that twitter account and it's starting to connect with people and again i always tell people if you don't know who to connect to connect to you guys starting first come follow me and say hey i'm trying to build up my uh pln i have a whole bunch of people that do that or some people just do it randomly like they just put that on Twitter, somebody retweets it. I'm like, let's go build up that person's professional learning network and let's build them up. Because it is it is inspiring as an educator when you have like 100 followers and that suddenly becomes 1,000, you know, and you're like, whoa, what just right. happened here? And, and some people, I've had some people kind of contradict me and say, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. And my only argument to that is the more people that I'm connected to, the more chance that I have that when I ask for something or I I, I give something, I say, here's mm-hmm. something that I've created. I'm sharing something with you. Take it and see what you can go ahead and do with this. More likely that more people are going to be able to go ahead and use it and more people that are going to be able to help me You know, when I need help or when I need to help a, a fellow teacher. So the more connected that we are, I think the more powerful it ends up becoming. And it isn't about the follower count specifically, but it is about being connected with that many more educators. And then it opens up a bunch of doors. And you guys know that too. It's like it gives you that many more opportunities to go ahead and do different things. And those things, again, could be in the benefit of of the teaching profession and ultimately for the students. Yeah, I can think of all of the things that um, I've been connected to through my own network. Um, Through you, I met Steve Isaacs. And then I emceed a stage over at Mindfair. And we had never met in person. And that was such a pivotal, like once in a lifetime event for me. Uh, it was so cool. And then I met our buddy, Andrew Revelo, you know, in the flesh there and got to connect with many more friends, my buddy, Adrian, too. And then, uh, you know, whenever we can, I'm linking up with these guys. I mean, yes. Steve was so generous with his time at ISTE. He waited like 20 minutes i was running late i had trouble finding the place he was at and uh he's a great guy and we've had him on the show too um so he's he's the ultimate like if people want to know how do you how do you navigate social media right or how do you navigate as an educator that also for example he freaking met the damn president i mean he shook the president's hand obama um and was recognized with these national awards, right? But you would never know that by anything about him. He is always trying to bring people into all of these positive situations and opportunities. He's trying to give other people the opportunities to be able to do it. If you ever wanted to know how to navigate social media, connecting with people, and just being a freaking awesome person and educate, that is the person I always go, gosh, so humble for such an amazing person he's done so much i mean for for his industry as far as gamification and esports and his expertise in those areas of game game based right. learning but he you never you would never know that by when you meet him in in real life he'll shake your head you'll have food with you be like whatever and he never talks about himself you you hear him he's like dude you got to tell me more about you i want to hear more about what you're doing <laughs> yes <laughs> Right. Uh, Which leads me to my next question, too. You know, through the PLN, uh, we're actually joining efforts and doing something different. You and Mike have taken the charge and started a podcasting network and you've invited us to be on. Tell us a little bit about that. How did that come about and what do you have planned for that? Yeah. So what we wanted to do and and I think since the beginning, Mike has thought that the on education podcast could be something bigger um 
as far as possibly you know the way that it's actually morphed into now which is on podcast media which is going to be a uh, network of educational podcasts that are just different than each other you know their own takes on things but together we basically can help each other to lift up podcasting in general you know and help each other to be able to get better opportunities connect each other to whatever it is that we are we're connected to and we can't we've just talked about that we all can't be everywhere all the time that's just impossible we all have real jobs we all teach or we're like it's coaches or we're doing something you know as far as the right. thing you can't just be at all of these different events and conferences and opportunities, whatever it might be, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to share in those opportunities and be able to help each other out? And then also, like you just said, help each other out in the skill of podcasting too, like as far as advice and techniques and this and that and whatever it might be. Um, and so we have joined with you guys, and there's been a couple of other uh, significant podcasts, and I'm going to scroll in down my thing here. There is the Leader of Learning podcast, and that's by Dan Krinas. Uh Humongous freaking podcast is the Easy Ad Tech podcast with Monica Burns. Uh, we were talking about that uh, off air. Uh, there's this guy, and if you've never met him, you guys should have him on the show, by the way. He's awesome, and he has an amazing podcast voice. His name is Brad Schreffler. And yeah, he's, he is the, the planning period podcast. And he is an amazing interviewer, right? And an interviewee. So he's a great person to go ahead and connect with. Uh, and then Tisha Richmond, you guys know her well. She's on the West yeah. Coast. She's in Oregon. And she has a Make Learning Magical podcast. And all of us, oh, and Michael Matera, of course, we can't forget Michael Matera. Yeah, with the Well Played podcast. Well Played podcast. And, and Michael also does a ton of vodka you know, like uh, vlogs too. And he's using YouTube as far as his channel to do that fantastic medium, especially for him. He's so great at doing that. But I think just us being able to connect with each other. And then actually, I I believe that there is a bunch of ed tech uh, companies out there that really want to make a connection with teachers, like that's who they serve, but they really don't know how to make that right connection. And so we're basically kind of the connectors to an audience of teachers to be able to show them their products or to be able to go ahead and talk about the things that they're doing well. And so it just gives us opportunities to be able to connect with those ad tech companies, possibly with sponsorships or whatever else, or just opportunities, you know, uh, you know, opportunities to go present at places or whatever, uh, all of those are going to be open. So we're super excited about being able to start that and have you guys join us too. Yeah, we're yeah. really excited to be part. We we kept seeing all these different podcasts join together and different networks. And mm -hmm. Scott and I were kind of looking at this. And then uh, the opportunity with working with you, uh, we're really excited about this new venture in yes. being together. What, what, Scott, you always say better together? Or what is yeah, it? better together. There you are. There, there it is. <laughs> I, think yeah, there's a, I, would say... I think there's a song about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I'm, that. I, I like that. I was just thinking, like, like, you know, right now I'm into, like, the Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover type stuff. So, mm -hmm. like, that would be neat if we had, like, crossover episodes. We need to do that. Actually, that's an idea that we have talked about also, that we can go ahead and basically do cross episodes and then, you know, even cross hosts yes. and then and then even have our cross uh, sections of our podcast. So, you know, be able to invite people on and then be able to get that content going just because we all have different experiences, you know, and then we can share those and those voices aren't, you know, they aren't the same people listening to the same stuff all the time. So, you know, out in California, probably not very many people know Glenn Irvin. Our majority of our listeners are in Minnesota, in the Midwest. You know, there's all these okay. people that I've connected with, you know, that thing. And it makes sense because it's just people that they know you, you know them, and they, they, they're tuning in. And so we have a ton of Minnesotas like our stronghold. 
and you guys, California is a stronghold. Right. Cube network, the those yes. things. And it's like those voices, uh, it's awesome to be able to go in and say, hey, Scott Noons and Matthew can come out and speak to this new audience. And they don't even know who you guys are, but they get to hear these new voices and the takes that you guys have and the experiences too, because, you know, many of us haven't, you know, obviously taught in California uh, or you know, even visited or whatever it might be. And we don't know those experiences and how it could be different and what's the similarities there too. Yeah, I very much uh, like that. You're you're right. I think a lot of times right now, a lot of our core listeners are a lot in the queue or the Twitter sphere and just uh, more perspectives and different voices being heard, different ideas that listeners can uh, now have opportunities to find out about. Yes. Yeah, that's neat. One last thing. How long have you guys been doing this for? Well, about two, two years, three two years. years, two years. Wow. And yep. uh, kudos on the success with that. That that's a pretty fast launch. You know, if you're looking, you know, at other older ones, like we brought up uh, Jennifer, Gonzalez, she's had her Cult of Pedagogy podcast on for a while on her blog and website. And yes, uh, Matt Miller um, with the Google Teacher. Well established. Yeah. Yep. And so to come in after those heavy hitters, hey, kudos. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, big. and I think I would say I would encourage anybody out there as far as, you know, if you're interested in starting a podcast is really is just about you give your own unique voice, you know, and your own unique, whatever it is that makes you or you and whoever you're going to be doing the podcast with different is really what compels people. I always tell people too, we, we do some analytics of our podcasts and it's funny that people's love this first segment that, that Mike and I do that mostly relates to nothing having to do with education. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some education in this part, but it's this like when we've done any kind of feedback for us, people have always told us, oh, we love the the back and forth at the beginning of every episode. That's just funny, you know, as far as the the different takes and the different life experiences and things that happened or whatever it might be, or the dumb stuff that we're talking about that has to do with video games or whatever. Um <laughs> So they're enjoying those kinds of things. And it's because people, you know, just like when we turned into Joe Rogan, we want to hear these these stories and we want to be able to connect with people like on this kind of personal level. And then it's awesome. You have a guest or you share an experience. Now I can actually add it to the things that I do in my career. So I can actually get those things and apply them. Uh, maybe it was an article, a news article that you hadn't even heard that was actually there. And it's a compelling thing. And you can go ahead and take that back to school and have that discussion with your fellow colleagues, whatever it might be. Um, but really just bringing those voices out to as big of an audience as we can go ahead and reach. No, oh, I love it. And thank you so much for being on. What's one last piece of advice you would offer our listeners for building their PLN and getting started with what they're passionate about, whether it be podcasting or some other educational thing like gamification? Well, as far as for the PLN, uh, I, I would say, and as some other people have said this kind of things before, and I would totally just I'm reiterating their their statements. Um, join obviously a social media network. I prefer Twitter, though you may not that might not be your taste if you haven't already done so. And if you have, and you're finding that you don't have that much success on it, so in other words, you're like not connecting with enough people, go ahead and and connect with some uh, of the different chats that happen on a weekly basis, there's tons of them that happen and just jump in and t give a take or two, introduce yourself. Sometimes it's just doing the question zero, which is, hey, introduce yourself. Hey, you know, I'm Glenn. I really don't know much about this topic. I'm hoping to learn more. Instant 10 followers, I guarantee you're gonna get right there. <laughs> Plus what's cool about it, then you can actually be like, oh, I'm just following this thread and kind of learning along with these people. You don't even have to answer. You can just see there's a question and there's some proposed responses to it. Sometimes people share resources. That's a great way to get started as far as that. As far as podcasting is concerned, I would say don't worry about all the technical stuff. 
you know, so I think we obsessed, uh, Mike and I did, about all of these technical things. And really, we should have been obsessing about the content. <laughs> you know, there was all this stuff like uh, recording stuff and microphones and computers and blah, blah, blah. And what are we going to do it on? It's like you can record it on a million different things. Uh, you can use Anchor and a whole bunch of other software that's free uh, and be able to push out your podcast to basically everywhere. I would just highly say get yourself like a plan, be authentic with it, and then just move forward with it, and then you're going to do awesome. Yeah, I'd agree. Wouldn't you, Matthew, on that? That's some good advice. It is super good advice. I mean, even um, it was interesting. I was at Trader Joe's uh, the other day, and uh, one of the ladies that were the cashier, she goes, uh, aren't you uh, from TNT EdTech Podcast? And I'm like, I was like, what? I go, how did you know? And she goes, you, you came to talk to my class about podcasting. Oh. And we listened to yours as a, you know, a sample of, you know, how how to do one. And she goes, she goes, and since then, me and my friends have started a podcast. Uh, on, they're, they're really interested in mystery type stories. Yeah. And uh, and I thought, wow, that is so amazing. Like even, you know, we, we think of us sharing our voices, but even students sharing their, their voices. Oh, for sure. And like you said, you don't you don't need all this fancy equipment. You know, it's the content, it's the story, it's you know, the collaboration, creativity, um, that comes with it. Oh. That's a great story, Matthew. I love that. You're at Trader Joe's. You get recognized, baby. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked. Like, Erica, my wife, was looking at me. She's like, how does she know you? I go, I oh, don't know. And then, and then I love so, that. So I had to ask, like, how, how, how do you know this? <laughs> and I especially love that connection. She, They basically heard that. We're passing it on down to their students. And that's the ultimate right there. That's what we're talking about, whether it be – the skill of podcasting or something that we're sharing as far as on the shows, mm -hmm. you made a huge impact. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. Uh, and I want to make sure all of our listeners follow you. So you can be found on Twitter at Irv, I-R-V, Spanish. And also follow the podcast on educationpodcast.com and on Twitter at oneducationpod. Perfect. Thank you so much for the opportunity, guys. And can't wait to when we see each other again. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait to connect. Thank you for listening to the TNT EdTech Podcast. You can follow us on any podcast player of your choice. Also on Twitter at TNT EdTech. Follow us on the web at www.tntedtech.com. TNT EdTech Podcasts are powered by Q and a member of the Family of Fine Podcasts on the Unpodcast Media Network. Helping explain education, one podcast at a time. Visit Unpodcast Media Network of Podcasts at unpodcastmedia.com. We're also sponsored by the nonprofit Q. Q inspires innovative learners by fostering community, personalizing learning, infusing technology, developing leadership, and advocating educational opportunities for all. Visit Q at Q.org.